Welcome in to the Arrowhead Addict post game show. It's a victory party, but not one that is caused for tons of celebration. Yes, the Chiefs won, but they made it way more difficult than it needs to be. I am Sterling Holmes, Verderam with me. Verderam, how you doing? Fine. Um, I mean, I guess, look, this is the old, you want the good news or the bad news first? Uh, let's do positives first. Yeah, they won. Mahomes is now over 5,000 yards passing for the second time in his career. McKinnon is turning into Marshall Falk in the red zone, catching passes. Karloftis had another sack. Chris Jones is incredible. All right, I'm done. What are your positives? Chris Jones, those last two plays were probably the reason why the Chiefs won that game. George Karloftis, fifth sack in six games, which I think is something notable that he's coming on this late in the season. Uh, I do. I think Carlos Dunlap made a major impact in this game and he's continuously doing so as the season's gone on. So the veteran making an impact and the legs still there. Uh, Again, that's about it. Maybe Kadarius Tony made a couple nice throws. Mahomes looked great in the first half. It was a concerning game though, on multiple fronts, MVS, not on the same page, uh, Travis Kelsey getting banged up, Legereus Sneed getting banged up, Joe Tooney getting banged up, uh, Sky Moore getting banged up. I, I will also say the offensive line was outstanding for Kansas City. Mahomes had all day if he wanted it. Uh, he Agreed. he moved around too much for my liking. He, he had time. He, he made things a little more difficult than I think needed to be. The Chiefs won in the trenches. That's a positive takeaway. But, man, there was a lot of bad in this one. All right. So uh, as much as I could just go on a, a tirade for about 25 minutes, I'm not going to do that because there's no point. And by the way, somebody, somebody mentioned Dunlop. Good call. He was awesome. Carlos Dunlop played a great game. By the way, as we're recording this, uh, Miami and New England, it's coming down to it in New England. New England just recovered an onside kick. They will win. If they win next week in Buffalo, they are in the playoffs. So keep that in mind. That is a win and in for New England. They will be very desperate to win that game. We'll see what happens. Miami has to win next week and hope for a New England loss. Otherwise, the Dolphins, once eight and three, are gone. All right. So here's where I am with the Chiefs. Like, as level-headed as I could possibly be after what we just witnessed. If they play like this in a playoff game, they're going home. I don't care who they're playing. I don't care where they're playing them. They're going home. It's unacceptable to be this inconsistent Week in, week out in so many areas. Like, if you just looked at the box score of the game, you'd go, okay, look, Wilson threw for 222, but he threw for 5.8 yards in attempt. Like, they sacked him four times, had a TD and a pick. Like, he did nothing, okay? They ran the ball okay. You know, a buck 17, 4.9 yards of carry. Like, pretty good game, pretty solid. Like, not unbelievable, but solid game running the ball. You know, held Sutton to 44 yards, Judy to 38 yards. Like, you know, the Chiefs gave up no sacks. You'd look at the game and you'd be like, hey, you know, they pretty balanced passing the ball, like in terms of the receiving uh, distribution, the receiving uh, yardage. But that doesn't tell the story of the game, in my opinion. The story of the game was the Chiefs allowing this to be, and thank you for the super chat, uh, Whiplash. Chris Jones was sleeping the entire game. Wow, makes two bad plays. Bro, I, I, I'm, I appreciate very much the, the super chat. I, I just I don't agree with you. I thought Chris Jones was ter- tremendous, had a lot of pressure. Uh, USAF Chiefs fans says, what is with Spags and the lack of man coverage and blitzing the last three week, weeks? Uh, thank you also for Super Chat, man. Um, they played more man this week. They did not blitz a lot. They blitzed on that last play, and it, it shocked the hell out of Denver. Denver had – I mean, they were just not prepared for it. So 
I think it depends on their matchups, but I, I'd like to see him blitz a little more. But listen, I will say, um, to get back to what I was going to say, I just think you're reaching a point with them where you have to accept this is who they are because that box score doesn't tell that story. The box score lies in the sense the Chiefs should have buried them in the first half of this game. The Broncos were just ripe for the killing. They couldn't move the ball. Wilson looked awful. The Chiefs are going up and down the field. Like it's a game where the Chiefs should have just absolutely laid waste them. It should have been 20 to 3 at halftime. But missed kicks, turnovers, third and one throwing the ball. At one point in the game, I believe that before the Chiefs took the lead in the fourth quarter, they had, to my count, run 40 offensive snaps. They threw on 33 of them. I mean, I don't know where you go with this. You're not beating teams doing that. It's just crazy. And that, to me, is my biggest concern. The mistakes and the lack of balance in their play calling, it's just, it's every week. It's all these unforced errors and the play calling, just it scares the hell out of me. And at some point, it's coming home to roost. I don't know if it'll be the wild card round, the Super Bowl, whatever. If they don't stop doing it, it absolutely is going to send them home. Well, they can do this against teams like Denver. They can do this against teams like the Houston Texans. And let's be real here, against the majority of teams in the NFL, they're 13-3. and We're not on here acting like this is a 500 ball club. They are 13-3. and But the issue is, with a team that has Super Bowl aspirations, this is not how you can play. Those two losses came against Cincinnati and came – against Buffalo, the two teams you're hoping to beat in the playoffs. It also happened against the Indianapolis Colts, where it was a complete and utter disaster. But again, I keep wanting to point out, this is the Chiefs' normal. This is the Chiefs' normal. Great talent that plays down to competition, turnovers in poor spots, mistakes on special teams, and again, they're good enough to beat the majority of teams in the NFL. This is just who they are. I don't know how to take this. We went in knowing it was a a retooling year. They had Super Bowl aspirations still, but we knew it was going to be a lot of moving parts. I know you're rolling your eyes back there. No, no, no. no, I'm not rolling my eyes. I want to be clear. I'm not rolling my eyes. I I was actually kind of struggling with what you said because I agree with you. Like, you're right. They went into this year with all of us saying, like, look, they're kind of – certainly not rebuilding, but, like, they're they're altering their their look quite a bit. Correct. I agree with you. I mean, there's no arguing that. My problem is now, though, but like they're not at this point. They're a Super Bowl team. Like they're 13 and three. This team, like, I'm done with the whole, like, well, it was a retooling year. But yeah, but it turned out it wasn't. They're, oh my God, the Buccaneers. Oh, I'm sorry. What in God's name? Are you watching the Buccaneers right now? No, I am not. One of the most hilarious plays you'll ever see in your life. I'm sorry. I got to do <laughs> The Bucs are up six with like 42 seconds left, and they're punting from like around midfield, I think a little over midfield. I couldn't see because I was talking to you what happened. Bad snap or whatever. The punter started just running around at his own like 40-yard line with it. And then as he was going out of bounds, just drilled the punt to the two-yard line. But there's a flag. Like just mass chaos. Like one of the craziest. Wait a see this. I'm sorry. I apologize, guys. I just, I'm going to have to write it. Oh, it was a horrible snap. It was low at the ground. Oh, my God. He almost – like, and then he punted it like with his off foot. And somehow to the two – like I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know what the flag for that is. I have no idea what's happening. Anyway, all right. So, what I was going to say, starting not to interrupt you, I apologize. I agree with you about the retooling thing, but I'm also kind of past that now. Sure. You're 13 three. You're a Super Bowl contender. Stop fucking turning the ball over. But, but but there has to be something to this. They're 13 and three, and this yeah. is what's so frustrating is they're they're winning games. 
they're ugly games. They've only had two dominating wins all season against, I would probably say, Arizona. And I would say against uh, the 49ers. If you want to throw the Buccaneers in there. <laughs> they you, killed you, them pretty good. They were pretty dominant against Seattle. Sure, yeah. but the, they're not out here just destroying teams, right? It's no, a not. very interesting concept where they're finding ways to win. End of the day, as long as you win, that's truly what matters. There's just so many underlying issues we can feel it going to come a, come out to roost against, like you said, a good team, which already has this regular season in the playoffs. That's what's so difficult. I am really just to a point where – and by the way, the Bucks ended up somehow getting the ball to re-kick this, and they kicked it like a normal team. So one of the great plays in NFL history left in the, in the dustbin. Uh, I don't look at these games as a one-off thing. Like, if you just want to look at it like the Justice game, hey, great, they won. They won. I don't look at it like that. I never look at it like that. Like, it's it's a trend. The turnovers have never stopped. And by the way, guys, one thing. I see KL saying it, and I appreciate you being here, man. The next person who says that that pick was thrown because of Justin Watson, I'm going to lose my mind. He threw it right at Justin Simmons. Jesus Christ himself wasn't breaking up that pick. Like, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, I don't care. Justin Watson, none of that matters, guys. Like, it, Mahomes would be the first one to take. It was a horrible throw. It's a throw you should never make. Now, other than that, I thought he played very well, other than the throw he missed to MVS, which, my God, he would have walked in the end zone. But my honestly, it's not even the offense that concerns me because I feel like the offense has shown a history of, like, they'll button it up. Like, in the playoffs, they will. They may turn over once, but they'll be fine. Their special teams is just, I mean, it's comical every week. They are such a disaster week in, week out. I mean, it's just Again, I said it at halftime. If this doesn't stop, they should fire Dave Tobe at the end of the year. Like, I don't know where all – it's time to have that conversation. Uh, it's it's time to really get there. Caribou says he's pretty sure Jesus could break up that pass. I don't think he could. Man doesn't have the wingspan for it, he, unless his arms are 12 feet long. Um, I, I just – you know, the special teams to me, I got it early in the year. Like, if you had some coverage issues, like you got a lot of young kids. I understand it. This is not the young kids. Like, this is Butker and Townsend who just seemingly cannot get a field goal or an extra point correct. I think the Chiefs, when they play right, they're the best team in football. I truly believe that. But how many weeks do we have to watch them not get it right and have to struggle against Denver? Denver. It, it just with, with a coach, it doesn't even – it was not even a coach. Like, what What are we doing? It's just – it's crazy. With special teams, what would you do? This is why I, I'm fascinated by this because Dave Tobe has had a top unit or a top five unit for what – Almost a decade now, right? This is his first really, truthfully, horrendous season. Yeah, but, some of it, but, but some of it definitely is coaching, where Kadarius Tony, where just fair catch the ball. Tell your guys, fucking fair catch it. Bro, He's not the guy fumbling. Let it go. Yeah, just let, let it go. go. Oh, my God. Like, it's just impossible. But Dave Tobe is not the guy fumbling the ball. He's not back there, the one catching it. He's, He's not the not. guy making the decision to try right. and break, right. make something happen. I get that. But it does come down to tell him to stop. He's not the guy missing extra points. I understand. Who else are you going to on this team? Butker's the second highest field goal percentage in NFL history. He's struggled this year. I truthfully believe the injury is still playing an aspect in this. I think he's in his dome a little bit as well. Maybe a little bit of the, the Chuck Knobloch issue, the yips. Right. But – it's a multifaceted issue. I just don't know if firing Dave Tobe makes this better. 
And maybe it doesn't. And that's why I'm saying I think it's time to have the conversation, though. Like, I think if you come out on the other side of the conversation saying, look, man, he's, the, you know, he's the right guy for the job. Cool. But I don't know that I can get there. By the way, get a couple of uh, chats real quick. It's the Panthers. Last ditch here for, for Darnold. He's going for justice. No, he's not. Uh, it should have been a Hail Mary, and he threw the ball 12 yards. Okay. <laughs> really just a – oh, my God, the hook and lateral. And he's, he's on the move to the 30. Oh, no, but he threw it to an offensive lineman. Hilarious. It's still going. Oh, my God. Ah, uh, now it's over. All right. Buccaneers are in the playoffs. They win. So, a couple of quick super chats. A Rhino, thank you, man. Uh, Patrick Mahomes with 40 touchdowns and over 5,000 yards passing. Is he 100% the MVP? Yes, he is. He is. Uh, I don't think it's a doubt at this point. And then 19 EHF says, you can tell Andy was calling the plays because they didn't run the ball and they got a lead. And then when he does it, when the, and then he does it when the game's on the line. Guys, Say it one more time, just for the weeklies. Andy <laughs> Reid has called just about every play that has been a Chiefs play since 2013. Eric Bieniemy does not call the plays. He does not do it. Like I, I, I can't be more clear on this. Like I promise you, I know this for a fact. In fact, in fact, Travis Kelsey said it on his podcast like a week ago. The, he does not call the plays. Andy Reid calls the plays every week. Andy Reid has that sheet in front of him every game, like every other coach does. I wonder, like, let's say there's 100 calls on there. How many of those plays are run? Three? <laughs> like, and he just looks down and goes, ah, shit, we just ran these. I don't know, throw it. Like, I was wondering, like, when he, when they were about to kneel down, I was like, is Andy going to consider this a negative run and, like, ding the offense for it? Like, well, you know, we, we ran negative one yard on that last play there. We can't can't run the ball next week. It is, it is mind-boggling. It's mind-boggling. And to answer what I think is a fair question, somebody just said, what does the enemy do then? So he's not calling the plays, but he's very much in charge of, like, the weekly installs, making sure they're right on top of that stuff, making sure they – like, you know, a lot of it is not only just installation, but a lot of it is also, like, being kind of the conduit, the eyes and the ears. Like, Andy's got to manage the whole game. So a lot of it is, like, talking with Mahomes, talking with Cal. Hey, what are you seeing out there? All right, relay that information, Andy. What's going on? And then also, I mean, Eric Benning's been around football for a little bit. Like, what is he seeing? I mean, he's – a lot of offensive coordinators don't call plays. I mean, a lot of them don't. So I don't – it's not a knock on Bienemy's – I'm not going to say like overly critical of what they do because I think if he took a head coaching job, like, I think the Chiefs would be fine offensively. But he he has a lot of responsibility through the course of the week, um, and so that's where I leave it. But as far as this, this game, listen, I just the bottom lines they won, but at some point here, this stuff it's got to stop. And to me, this game in particular it starts with special teams. It just does. I mean, it, you cannot have a guy come clean and block a field goal. It cannot be where it's just, oh, yeah, look at that. Yeah, I missed another extra point. And if I have one more person on Twitter say to me, oh, extra point doesn't matter. Yeah, call me in a playoff game when it's when they're up 28-27. Or, excuse me, when they're down 28-27 because they missed an extra point. I bet it's going to matter then. Like, you need to execute these things. That is a problem. And with Tobe, you're right. He's been good all year long. But like, or all, all career long, excuse me. But this year, this year's been a tire fire. Stop telling guys to return kicks inside the 10 yard line. And if that's not a coaching point, which it has to be because they've been doing it for 10 years, if it's not a coaching point and they're, and they're catching the ball anyway, tell the next guy who goes back there 
to feel the fucking punt inside the 10-yard line. Your ass is mine for the next week. You're on the bench. I mean, I, nail your heels to the 10-yard line. It's it's incredible. You know, I get it if they were really offensively challenged and you were like, look, they're trying to make a play. They're tra- Okay. They're the best offense in the world. Who cares if you got to go 84 yards or 90? Like, who cares? <laughs> I, oh, my God. They treat it like it's this necessary thing. That, like, if they don't field the ball, and then Tony's got to run for just <laughs> in a broken field, Gail Sayers, like, hold on. I would rather see a guy catch the ball and put two hands on it and just get killed by six guys than watch Kadarius Tony or Hardman or Moore dance with it nine different times and then fumble. Let the ball go. It is insanity how they play these things. How concerned are you about the injuries? They've been relatively healthy the past few weeks. It's obviously been a positive. Uh, We saw Travis Kelsey take a huge hit. Seemingly, he's going to be okay. Uh, We saw Legereus Sneed take a massive hit. Looked like he was winded on the interception. He ended up coming back into the game. Joe Tooney with the ankle injury ended up getting out of the game. Uh, McCall Hardman obviously didn't play in this game, but how concerned are you with him? As far as and Sky Moore with his hand. So overall, with the injuries, how concerned are you? I'm concerned about Tooney. I'm not concerned about Snead or, or, or uh, Kelsey. They're back in the game. By the way, it should be noted, Josh Jacobs just went to the locker room for the Raiders. So keep that in mind for next week. Um, no, I'm not. I mean, I'm concerned about Tooney. The rest of the injuries I'm not concerned about. Those guys came back. I'm not worried about that. I, I think they'll be fine. And, of course, we'll hear after the game, maybe get a little update. But, no, I, I'm worried about Tooney because they need him. Uh, not that Allegretti's terrible. He's not. He's not terrible. But – you need him back. Um, you know, if he can't play next week or something, fine. But like, you need him back for the playoffs. So, I'm not, uh, I'm not terrified of it. But you don't want to get hurt. I mean, look at what's going on in Philadelphia right now. Yeah, I mean, Philadelphia. Josh Sweat. Hopefully, he's all right. I mean, he got carted off into an ambulance. Uh, very scary. Hertz has been out the last two weeks. Now he should be back here. But now they're gonna have to play hard next week. Like now, you can't get a buy out of this. You're gonna have to play hard next week because the Cowboys could be the one seed. And Washington is going to be – by the way, that is going to be – that is 100% going to be the Sunday night game. The Eagles are either the one or the five. And Washington, if they win, they're in, I believe. If they lose, they are out. So – and, and I, by the way, nice job going to Carson Wentz. Just so, – um, you know what, though? Yeah, I think – look, um, well, I'll turn – where do you – where do you land – um, on what they need to do going forward. I mean, I've talked plenty. Where do you like? What do you think they need to do to fix it? And can they fix it? That, that, that's what's tough. I, I think it's fixable issues, but also I don't want to sit here and say it's going to be easy because we've said week in and week out: stop shooting yourself in the foot, stop beating yourself, stop turning the ball over, losing the turnover margin. But that's what they do. Um, at some point, you have to say it seems fixable. They've not always had these issues offensively and defensively where they don't take the ball away, where they give the, the ball away. Uh, special teams just fucking fair catch it. I, I, it can't be that difficult. That's something Dave Tobe could tell, could, could tell Kadarius Tony, Justin Watson. I don't care who's back there. Just fair catch it. Uh, offensively, I'm not extremely worried, but uh, this is what Andy Reid does. Andy Reid does not run the ball. 
even in instances where you think it's obvious. It's the only thing they, to do. Yes, we know. But but they've won a Super Bowl with it. They have the number one offense in the NFL this season with the way Andy Reid's run this offense. Yep. It, it's difficult to, to always fault him when it's number one. Um, it's fixable. They're 13 and three, but special teams, that's the main issue here. Uh, one thing I do want to touch on a couple of, uh, super chats, one from whiplash 2020. Thank you again, man. Uh, special teams, turnovers, three and outs. Uh, this will get you out in the playoffs. If you could choose the one most important one, what is the biggest concern? That's a good question. Uh, third and ones, no. I, I wouldn't go that route. Special teams or turnovers. I think special teams because I feel like Mahomes in, in the playoffs, like he won't throw that ball to Justin Simmons. I could be wrong, and maybe I'm nuts. Um, I, it's special teams, man, because those are just they're points. Like that's actual literal points, and it's just like it's just wide right, wide left, got to block, can't hold the ball right. Like it's just. It's stunning. By the way, let me let me uh, own up to something I said earlier. It's not only incorrect; it's so incorrect I should be fired. Um, I said the Commanders and the and the Eagles. I'm like, that's going to be a great game. First of all, it's not even a game. Uh, the Commanders play the Cowboys. The Giants play the Eagles. I hadn't. <laughs> also, apparently, drunk without even drinking a drop today. Uh, the Packers win today. The Commanders are eliminated from the playoff race. So, what the actual game might be to watch <laughs> if, if the Packers win, although they just got a punt blocked at their own three yard line. Oh, punters got the ball back. Ooh, crushed at the one. Um, if the Packers win today, then they play the Lions next week. The Lions killed Chicago today. Um, that would be a scenario where you could have a win in it. Now, there's some other stuff like Seattle's playing today. But my point is that might be a game that's worth you know putting on there because it might be a de facto playoff game. But if the Packers win today against Minnesota, outgo the Commanders with Carson Wentz. So, awesome. But what I, I do – Thing that scare me the most. Yeah, I, I would say turnovers on special teams scare me the most. There we go. We'll get real specific with bring it. Them, bring them together. I, I want to say something when it comes to the MVP race. We saw that earlier over the Super Chat. Thank you guys again. Mahomes is the MVP. And just because the Eagles lost with Gardner Minshew, because it looked uh, dysfunctional, folks like to point out, well, isn't that a case for Jalen Hurts and how valuable he is? Sure. But then he shouldn't have gotten hurt. He should have played. You have to play. I never understand that if you miss a game and the team loses, now all of a sudden that helps your case. No, it's not Mahomes' fault that he stayed healthy. I don't blame Jalen Hurts for not playing, right? Like he's obviously hurt, but that hurts your MVP candidacy. The best ability is availability. So I, I think I have to, I get so annoyed when people say, well, this has to help Jalen Hurts' candidacy. And I go, no, 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 no. You have to play. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Mahomes is like 44 total touchdowns or something. Come on. I mean, Mahomes, despite the pick that he threw in this game, it's not even close. I mean, come on. Like, Mahomes is the MVP by a mile at this point. They're 13-3, and and they don't have a kicker. Like, they don't (laughs) – you can't hit a field goal. 13-3, and the defense I thought was okay today. I mean, to be fair, one of those touchdowns was just handed to him. But it wasn't great. They're an average defensive team. Offensively, it's the only reason they win these games. Like, Mahomes just goes berserk every game, and they, they typically win. Um, And then, 
I think, look, the, the bottom line right now is for me, for me, the MVP race is done. I think it's done. Um, Jeremy says if Burrow has a huge game, you watch things. Okay, maybe, but like Burrow's not the MVP of the league. I'm sorry. Um, especially if, they, if like the Bengals win, it actually helps the Chiefs because they get the one seed on their racket. So like, I don't know. It's a weird thing. I think Mahomes look at the MVP. Like, I think the uh, Black Health says we need Verram in the booth. That would be so cool. Guys, that'd be great for about 10 minutes. And then I would not have a job anymore. Because um, I, my poor oh, daughter. That fucking bum over there. What's going on? Well, my daughter, my <laughs> poor daughter. I didn't curse in front of her, but she, she got a nice look at my look at her father during a Chiefs game. When when they gave up that touchdown with Thornhill Blue coverage, I lost my mind. Um, a lot of screaming. But in any event, look, let's, let's, let's move forward, though, a little bit. Let's like, okay, we've lamented enough. We've, we've brought down ourselves enough. Let's move forward. They're 13 and three. They have done something now by winning this game. If the Bills win on Monday night, the Chiefs are absolutely no worse than the number two seed. Okay? They cannot be worse if the Bills win. If the Bengals win, they're the number one seed going to week 18. Now, they could drop to the three. If they were to lose and the Bills and the Bengals would win, then the Chiefs would go to a three. Okay? So, at this point, one of those two scenarios is playing itself out. Bills lose. Chiefs are the one seed going to week 18, but they could be a two or three. Bills win, the Chiefs are at worst to two, could still be the one. Okay, so you sit back Monday night. By winning today, the Chiefs made Monday night's game very relevant. All right? We're all going to sit there. We're all going to watch that game. Now, the other thing that should be noted is offensively today, when they weren't bothering to beat themselves, the Chiefs moved the ball very well in the game. They also had 400 yards. They had 27 points against a defense that is a top-tier defense in the NFL. Now, they're missing guys at this point. Let's also be honest about that. The front, missing a million guys. The offense operated fine, save for a really bad turnover. Like, the offense, I mean, I hate the play calling at times, but in terms of, like, their actual, like, the way they played, they were okay. Um, And somebody's asking, how can the Chiefs be a one if the Bills win? Because... If the Chiefs win, or the Chiefs just did win. So if the Bills win, they'd be tied record-wise going into week 18. If the Chiefs win, the Bills lose to the Pats. Chiefs are number one seed. Okay. And the Pats are going to be playing for everything. I mean, that game's everything to them. I don't think they're going to win, but like that game is everything. If they win, they're in the playoffs. So it's a huge game. Otherwise, now if the Jets beat Seattle, the Jets would go to eight and eight. Um I, but by the way, is there any more thing, any more of a Vikings thing that the Vikings blocked the punt and got the ball at the one yard line, ran the ball three times on the line of scrimmage, lost two yards. <laughs> it's couldn't get a foot against the like one of the worst defenses in the NFL. Nice job. Um, but yeah, no, I think you know that's going to be one thing that is interesting. I mean, New England's going to be playing for their lives. If the Jets beat Seattle, then that game against the Dolphins is a playoff game if New England loses. Winning in. That's it. So it's it's a fascinating situation. Um, but look, I think the Chiefs, big picture, they're in really good shape. It's what scares you to death is all the little picture stuff with them. All those little things. Like it's kind of like you own a house and you see like a little bit of like you, like a little bit of a like a wet spot in the ceiling, and you're like, ah, maybe a mouse took a leak. And then it's like it's a little bigger, and you're like, yeah, that's all right. And then you're hanging a out. Squirrel took a leak. Sure, whatever. <laughs> and then, like, you're sitting there and you're like, let's probably get that looked at. But, like, you don't really do it because you're like, ah, I don't want to put the money into it right now. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, like, the fucking roof caves in. 
during a Christmas party and you're like, son of a bitch, who could have seen that coming? Like that I feel like is the Chiefs. That's where we're at with this. Yeah, because the Chiefs are probably, with all likelihood, going to end up going 14-3, and right? Vegas had them the over-under at 10.5 wins. It's wild to think the record can be what it is probably going to be, a top-two seed, but yet there are so many, like you mentioned, minor issues. If you just look at box score or the big-picture view, it looks very, very bright. Mahomes most likely winning MVP. Chris Jones, uh, I would say a top five, top three candidate for defensive player of the year. Uh, Offensive line has been improved. Defensive line has been improved. A lot of the youth guys, the the younger guys, they've made an impact. But then you're still sitting here going, I don't feel comfortable heading into the playoffs. I don't feel, feel comfortable going up against the Buffalo Bills or the Cincinnati Bengals. Not saying the Chiefs can't beat them, but it feels like where they're at right now, they're capable of beating these lesser teams, but these great teams, they still feel like they're not quite, not quite there yet. Yeah. I, I think, look, the, the biggest thing with the chiefs, and let, let's just be honest. Okay. Let's just, let's call it a By the way, the, the Packers, I'm pretty sure just ran back this kick for a touchdown. Um, <laughs> so the Vikings just well done. Well, um, it's not noon. The Vikings at noon are elite. Any other time they are two scoops of ass. Yeah. Um, so, Actually, here, first I want to get to uh, two of the Super Chats we have. Kale 368 says, if I gave you $100,000, first of all, thank you, I'd take the money, uh, but a chance to make it a million if you put it on the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl, would you? Uh, no, I would not. I uh, just, I wouldn't do it with anything. I, I think it's just, the yeah, odds aren't good enough. Uh, Whiplash 2020, thank you, man. Uh, it's just Chargers or Bengals, who makes you more nervous? Uh, the Bengals. Because the Chiefs always beat one of them, they always lose to the other one. Uh, and I, I think Burrow... You know, I, I the defense for the Bengals scares me more. I think in a big spot, the Chargers defense, they're always ripe for just giving it up. I, or the Bengals, I think, actually have some, like, real, real you know, uh, backbone to them. And then Jess says, and thank you for the super chat, the only thing that scares me in the playoffs is the Chargers starting to get healthy and they play as rough. Hey, God bless you. That's the only thing that scares you? I, I, I'm with you. I, I think it's great. I know what you mean. The Bills and the Bengals, to me, are still the two biggest things. And the Chiefs are not going to play the Chargers in the first round of the playoffs. So – there's a really good chance that she's going to see the Chargers, although they might. We'll see how it all shakes out. Um, so you go there. Look, what did no, I'm sorry, sorry. What was the question you asked me? Oh man, seriously, you, you're gonna you make me remember this? You're gonna make me I, actually I, I, remember? I, 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 I got to go with the super chats. No, no, um, I, I I forgot as well. We, okay, we can, well let, 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 let's start here. I want to talk more about the trenches because we're not giving them enough credit. That's been the major concern going into this season was how were the offensive line as well as the defensive line going to play right, out? Right. The defensive line has grown tremendously as the season's progressed. Right. Uh, Colin Saunders had a free shot. That was nice to see. Uh, George Kalak is again five sacks in six games. Carlos Dunlap, Chris Jones. Defensive line is starting to come along they're not always getting home with four, but it's progressing more and more. And then the offensive line where Leonard Brown Jr., whatever you guys want to say about him, he struggled. I've been very, very hard on him, but he's been good the past, what, half the second half of the season, like legitimately solid. Uh, Joe Tooney injuries a concern, but Creed Humphrey and Trey Smith have been dominant. Andrew Wiley, not hearing his name called as much. What have you seen as far as the progression on the offense and defensive line for Kansas City? I mean, offensively, I think the line's been much better the last month. You know, Browns played much better. Um, the interior is always great. I, I, honestly, I think the Chiefs 
been fine up front. I don't think that's, that's probably their biggest strength is in the trenches. And offensively, they were not great early, but they've been much better as of late. Defensively, again, they had four more sacks today. I mean, that's, you know, that's a, they had 50 now for the year. They have 50 sacks. They, they're right up there, man. They, they're close if they're not. They had four today. McDuffie had one. Saunders had one. Jones had one. Karloftis had one. For the year, 49. 49 sacks. So, no, I mean, listen, I think on the whole – uh, their lines are good. Their lines are not. Their their talent does not concern me. Like that's the that's why, and I think that's why when other fan bases or even some Chiefs fans are like, ah, come on, you guys are so negative. It's not negativity. It's it's holding them to the standard that they've earned. You know, like if your kid is an A student all the time and then comes home with a bunch of B minuses, you're going to ask about those B minuses. If your kid is a C minus student all the time and gets B minuses, you're happy, right? It's a matter of perspective. The, my perspective on them is I expect them to play button up football, to execute their offense, to defensively play well situationally. I expect them on special teams not to fumble the football and to make most of their kicks. That is not unex- that, that is not a, an unreasonable expectation of them. That's their job. That's why they're here. That's why they're on the team. And to me, it's like if you don't want to hold them to that expectation, that's fine. But then understand that then that's why they're going to eventually be out in a playoff game. That's why eventually if they have a little dip in town on the roster, they're going to win 10 games instead of 13. Like to me, I'm I'm not going to let that stuff slide because that can't slide. If that was a one-off in a game, hey, look, it happens. Everybody has a week, two weeks in a year where you, know, you have a bad game. This has been a routine thing with them where they just leave these games around. Now, that all being said, and I said this last week, and I'm going to say it again. No team in the NFL is perfect. The Bengals almost blew a game to New England last week. Okay. The, the, the Bills lost to Zach Wilson. Like, th- these things happen. Like, it, it's not to say that the Chiefs are somehow, like, so much worse than their teams are not, but I'm not doing a podcast about all those other teams. Okay. If I was, I'd say the same thing about the Bills, who, by the way, I think are probably going to lose tomorrow night because I think Allen's going to throw a pick and Burrow won't. Well, we kind of do a podcast. It's called Stacking the Box on Tuesdays. We do it on the whole league. I'll <laughs> minutes on the Bills. If I did, I'd rip the crap out of it. By the way, the Vikings are just. Uh, first First on first and 10 for those. Like this, here. First down, they throw the ball. Hawkinson falls over. Ball goes clear over his head. Second down, shotgun snap, just fumbles to snap. So, I, I mean, it's, it's like Keystone Cops. So it's not like just a chase here. But – my feeling is, and I don't know how you feel about this, if the Chiefs play their best football, they will win the Super Bowl. They are better than anybody. I, I really, truly believe that. But if they play the way they played today, they are lucky if they're not one and done in the playoffs. They're the most inconsistent team of the great teams. The Bills were the most, I would say, almost complete team, if you will. But the Josh Allen injury to his elbow, I still think is playing a a impact in what he's done. Because ever since that injury, he's been good, but he's not been Josh Allen good. The loss of Von Miller was huge for that team. Cincinnati's offense, I think, is very good. Their, Their offensive line for Cincinnati is starting to come together a little bit more. But their defense, I still think, can be taken advantage of. Again, the highest upside, I'm with you, of any team in the NFL or the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, a couple of super chats I want to get to. Uh, uh, Chris from New Zealand, big Chiefs fan from New Zealand. Keep up the great content, guys. Thank you, Chris. 
19 E A H F. Thank you for the super chat. It's a shame. I expect a flag on third and fourth down and then to stop or an incompletion on third down. This team has to put up 30 or more points to be competitive. Uh, Yeah. I will also say the refs in this game, they swung this game for both teams in a major direction on poor, poor calls. Uh, The Cortland Sutton, that was not a push off that swung that game, but they decided, you know what? Let's give it right back. Another play. Was that on fourth down? Was it Joshua Williams on that play? Hands yes. to the face. Uh, I Nope, didn't see it. Uh, the refs were poor in both instances there. I, I got to tell you, that call against Sutton, if that was the other way around, Chiefs fans would be justifiably losing their minds. That was – I know you'll get the Chief – like, oh, he extended his arm, bro. He barely touched from Brian Cook. I mean, that's not a penalty. Like, they got unbelievably lucky. Um, I was waiting. I can't tell you guys how much I was waiting for when Chris Jones finished the game with the sack of Russell Wilson for them to throw a flag for roughing the passer. I was If that was Carl Cheffers, he would have thrown himself on the ground as a flag. <laughs> he would have just zipped himself up in a banana suit and just dove on the ground. It would have been – I was sitting there watching Jones slam Wilson, and it was a clean play. He didn't hit him on his head. He just – he tackled him. I was way – I'm like, oh, God, here it comes. Here it comes. Here it comes 15 yards, and thank God didn't call it. And D. Callie said the most, multiple missed delay games. Yeah, you're not wrong. There were at least, like, three of them that like, just weren't called and, like, pretty egregiously not called. Uh, there was also on the Denver – on the last touchdown they had, Wilson, when he ran in for the second time. I, I mean, Mike Dana was held in a way that – he should have been taken out to dinner for that. Like, I, I don't know who the line was. I have to go back and look. The man had both arms wrapped around Mike Dana and was just giving him like a straight jacket hold. It was unbelievable. Like, I, I honestly, when he scored the, the touchdown, I didn't even react because I'm like, it's coming back. It's a hold. And then there wasn't a flag. And I'm like, I must be losing my mind. They showed the replay. The guy's just like, I'm like, how do you not call that? It's right in front of you. Like, there's no line of sight thing, like, right in your – just incredible. But in any event – all right, so who are you giving your arrowheads out to? But, Obviously, there's plenty oh, – go ahead, go ahead. Before we get to that, just because it, it kind of goes into this, the next question I wanted to touch uh, touch on here. With Russell Wilson, he's not ran the ball effectively all season long, but now in two games against Kansas City, he's looked like Lamar Jackson. Not Lamar Jackson, but he's actually been effective on the ground, Right. How worried are you by the Chiefs' struggles against running quarterbacks? Because someone like Josh Allen, for example, if if, if Russell Wilson is doing this, Josh Allen's doing this. Are you concerned at all that they can do this against this Chiefs' defense? Yeah, I mean, yeah, but I, I will say this: I think it's just different. Like that's one thing I think is a weekly thing. Like it's how you game plan the game. You're not spying Russell Wilson. Like sure, Allen, you would. The first time the Chiefs played the Bills, they didn't have Willie Gay, who's certainly who you would do it with. By the way, though, Willie Gay, like, did he, did he like, do something against somebody's family in the Chiefs organization? Like, Darius Harris just getting an ungodly amount of run, like, randomly in the game. Darius Harris is a really nice backup sub to have. Can he not be on the field in coverage on third down? Like, what? And I digress. Um, I, I just can't. I'm gonna have a stroke. well. The linebacker play in general was not ideal. I will say Harris made a great play on that third down, uh, going up the gut there. Really Willie Gay Jr. Really and Nick Bolton. I, I will say this about Willie Gay Jr. What's interesting with him is the athleticism is there. 
The talent seems to be there, but he struggles in pass coverage. I don't know if it's he's not knowing where to be. I don't know if it's a issue where he's not played a ton of games in his adult life, right? He missed a lot of games in college. He's missed a lot of games in the NFL. Maybe he's still learning. He's still growing when it comes to pass coverage. But I think that has to be an uh, something to take into account as well. But Nick Bolton struggled mightily in pass coverage in this one. I love oh, Nick Bolton. We had that one on third down where the second the back came out, I mean, he's just wide open. He's just throwing the world. Now, you know what? The one linebacker who's playing really well right now and he's been in there is Chanel. He's actually playing really, really well. Um, he's He's been he's been excellent against the – look, their rookies are actually really good. Like, their rookies are excellent. They have a great class. Um, I think the bottom line, guys, is we kind of look forward and throw out our arrowheads here. Like, they're 13-3. and three. I don't think um, – any of the injuries appear to be that serious, hopefully safe for Tooney. Um, they play a Raiders team next week that I'm done predicting that they're ever going to win a game by more than a point. So I really thought this week, I'm like, Denver's just going to get killed, which I think Denver would have if the Chiefs had just absolutely pissed their pants for 30 straight minutes. Uh, but I should have I should have anticipated that the, the pants pissing. Um, I should. It's like I have a nine-month-old. That's like me saying at this point, you know what? I don't think she'll go to the bathroom all over the carpet if I don't put a diaper on. Like I should anticipate it happening, right? I should just be, you know what? It's going to happen just like I should anticipate the Chiefs. Like I know me, and by Thursday next week, I'm going to be like, they're not going to let Jared Stidham throw for 500 yards, right? I should <laughs> anticipate the piss pants. I should, I should just know that it's coming. Like, no, they will let Jared Stidham do that because that's what they do, and then Mahomes will have to throw for 600 yards. Um, but no, I think, look, um, bottom line here, they're 13 and three. They're as healthy as you could ever ask for them at this point in the year. And they have to sit down like we all do on Monday night and watch how this plays out. I mean, do the Bengals win and put the Chiefs in the one slot? Or do the Bills win? The Chiefs say, okay, look, we're either the one or the two. Play it out, see what happens. We'll go from there. But the Chiefs, if anybody told you they'd be in this position at the beginning of the year, you would have signed Fort in a heartbeat. Yeah, but yeah, had- I did not have the Chiefs being thirteen and three, winning thirteen games. I had them going eleven and six because I thought they were going to struggle early, and that's what makes it so interesting. This entire season is the record looks great, the wins are great, but there's so many underlying issues that you're just waiting for the other shoe to fall. Let's go to our arrowheads. I'm going to go with only one guy. I want to go with the whole defensive line, but I'm going to go with Carlos Dunlap. Carlos Dunlap was a game changer in this one. He affected so many plays, and they won't show up in the box score, but. Batting balls down wasn't just what he was doing. He was getting constant pressure after Russell Wilson, but in situations where Russell Wilson was, especially in the first half, was bootlegging out, right? Trying to extend plays. Instead of Dunlap just chasing him like a chicken with his head cut off, he, he waited a little bit, so that way Russell Wilson could not get by him. He stayed in the passing lane with his arms up like a basketball player. I think Dunlap was a game changer in this one. Fine with it. Good with it. Uh, my guy Reach uh, Stacy says uh, McKinnon, Tony McDuffie, Jones, Saunders, and Carl Loftus. I'm good with all those guys except Tony. I can't because he fumbled that ball. I just can't get there. It, it, you just have to stop. Like technically, it's going to cost you a game. This isn't the first time he's had an adventure back there. He was very good as a receiver for sure. Um, I, I look. I'll, I'll give out a bunch, okay? Because I, I try to be. First of all, we almost overlook him every week. Patrick Mahomes. I know he had the horrible pick, but this is more of a season longer in your arrowhead. Over 5,000 yards, 
5,000 yards. Only two other quarterbacks in NFL history have ever thrown for 5,000 yards in multiple seasons. Tom Brady did it. He didn't do it in his first time until he was in his mid-30s. Drew Brees did it five times, which is just impossible. He did it five times. Nobody has ever done it twice in their 20s. Mahomes now has, and he didn't need the 17th game to do it. So kudos to him. And over 40 touchdown passes again for the second time in his career. He has over 35 four times. It's insane. Don't don't just normalize it. What he's doing is impossible. Um, so I'd go Mahomes. I'll tell you what. I'd give the offensive line one. I thought they played really well in the game. Uh, McDuffie certainly earns one. I'd give another one to Carl Loftus. I mean, he had he had a he had a fumble recovery. He had a sack. He he had a couple plays against the running. Did a great job. Um, they were all over the place. I. I said, not, I'm wrong all the time. I was really wrong earlier when I had the commanders playing a game they weren't even playing. Um, I was finally right. Like, the curl off this thing, I was right. Like I said all year long, this is a guy just like Justin Houston. He early in the year wasn't getting sacks, wasn't, but you could see he was close. And now all those sacks are coming. They're all, I, he, I mean, he gets sacked every game now. In fact, they're every single game. If they win the Super Bowl, it will be because, in large part, to that defensive line, where they're just in the backfield and they're making plays. I mean, that to win games, you've got to be able to get a negative play in a big spot, and they've been better at that these last handful of weeks. I mean, hell, what did they win the game for today? On fourth and two, they just they just collapsed the pocket immediately, and Jones got a sack. But that's that's how you win in these games defensively. Uh, I will also want to give a shout out to Jarek McKinnon. I was just going to say it, it's McKinnon season, baby. I was so hyped when they signed him last year. I love the progression in the playoffs. And I kept saying, I think they were saving him back because he's never been able to necessarily stay healthy for a full workload in a season. That's always a knock right. against him. He looks more explosive now than he did five years ago. Jerk McKinnon is an incredible pass catching back. We saw it on those screen passes. It's so enjoyable to watch him in open space. He, he sets him up so well. He's great at pass protecting. I love seeing Jarek McKinnon in the game. Him in the red zone has solved so many Chiefs red zone issues. You got to give a hat tip and an arrowhead to Jarek McKinnon. Jarek McKinnon now is over 500 yards receiving and has eight receiving touchdowns. And oh, dear God, the Vikings. I, <laughs> I think I think as we, we have a pick six, we do. For them, or, for them or against them? Against them. So you're saying the Vikings plus three was not a good move? It was not. It is now 13-3 pending the uh, PAT. Uh, I don't even know what happened because obviously I'm, I'm sitting doing this. I'm sorry, guys, but this is the time of year. I also write a national column, so I'm kind of like also watching these games here. Humble Man State. Cousins, uh, oh, yeah. Oh, it got, it got tipped up in the air, and Savage caught it and unmolested for 70 yards and a touchdown. Okay. So uh, the Vikings Weird choice of words. Uh, <laughs> never heard that term. Unmolested, it wasn't touched. It's, it's that's the definition. I'm I I am not. Listen, I'm an adult. I can talk like that. You know, I, I I am not going to sit here and throw my mind in the gutter. The man was man was untouched for seventy-five <laughs> yard interception return. Uh, and the extra point is up, and it is good. It is not a Chiefs game. The extra point is through the uprights. Um, yeah, no, McKinnon has over 500 yards receiving and has eight touchdowns receiving. Is uh, I believe total he has nine touchdowns. It's been incredible. Like, he was signed in June. 
It wasn't like he was some priority guy. By the way, they better bring him back. That guy, I mean, he has become for them so important. There's no way they're 13 3 of that Shark McKinnon. There's no way because none of the other backs can block worth a damn. He's a great blocker. He catches the ball. He's got this. I mean, the one throw Mullins made to him was like 20 yards downfield. Then he put on like two pirouettes. And I was like, this is insane. Like the guy, people forget how good McKinnon was before he got hurt years ago. And he missed a ton of time. Jerk McKinnon, now look, he's no young pup now. Okay. He's 30 years old. Jerk McKinnon, before he got hurt, his first two years in the league averaged 4.8 and 5.2 yards in attempt. And then 2016, 2017, his average dipped badly. He went to the Niners. He missed two full seasons. He came back to the Chiefs last year. He averaged 5.2 yards on attempt, but he barely ever saw the ball as, as a as a rusher. He, he did not play a lot last season. This year now, he's just come of eight. Like, it's been unbelievable how good he's been. Um, McKinnon is absolutely, other than Kelsey, probably the most reliable player on the offense. And that's not a knock on anybody else. Like Juju, you could make the case, sure. I just, I always, like if McKinnon gets the ball, I'm like, it's going to be fine. He's going to make somebody miss. He's gonna, and, and the other thing with him, he will run you over too. He, he can truck you. So look, man, I, I think the bottom line now for the Chiefs is wait and see Monday night. And uh, by the way, uh, Whiplash is a, in a super chat. Stidham looking like an all pro against the Niners. Uh, we better watch that. Yeah, no, I listen. I'm to the point. I've already accounted for the fact Stidham is going to play like Jim Kelly next week. Um, <laughs> I, I believe me. I've already. I've put it in there. I uh, put it in the bank. Um, and then uh, Jesus says uh, McKinney over uh, McKinnon over Pacheco in the red zone in the playoffs. Period. I mean, I have no problem with Pacheco, but yeah, McKinnon at this point has earned those reps. I mean, it's ridiculous. Um, 19 EHF says it's a shame. I expect the flag on third and fourth down stops and incompletion on third down. This team has to put up 30 or more points to be competitive. Yeah, man, I'm kind of with you. I always am like waiting for just like something to happen. Um, I hear you. And then Scott saying, uh, you were on one today, Vernon. Thanks for bringing the humor. I feel like the lack of balance on offense is the biggest problem. If I didn't bring the humor, I would just be constantly in tears. Because I, I just I am look, I'm very thankful they're as good as they are. But like with that comes anxiety because you expect them to be really good. Like as a Knicks fan, I don't give a shit. They killed me inside 20 years ago. Like everybody, like when Doncic had that game where we were like 60, 20, and 10, I had people texting me and tweeting, like, you're right, bro. I'm like, of course I'm right. It's the Knicks. Like <laughs> I, I, yeah, I didn't even believe. I got, no, nothing Reggie Miller didn't do. Well, I, yeah, I mean, listen, like back then it killed me because they were good. But like, you know, now, like, cares? Like, does it matter? Good for Luca. Put up 70. I'm a Mizzou fan. Uh, yeah, you're it's bro. brutal, man. It's yeah, you're brutal. Yeah, yeah. I want to say something. Jeremy, I think, brought up a great point here. McKinnon has become what they thought CEH would be. A great pass catching yeah, back. That's, that's a a smaller point. guy who's very physical. I think that's a good point. McKinnon has all those attributes that they basically drafted Clyde for. Dude is good in pass protection. McKinnon has become what they thought Clyde was going to be. Good point, Jeremy. Yeah, I, I love that. It's a great call. Um, look, the Chiefs backs have to be able to catch the football. And they can, you know, Pacheco can catch the ball. McKinnon can really catch the ball. And the other thing with McKinnon, and I, I said this all offseason, I was shocked they didn't resign him earlier. The one thing about Jared McKinnon, he can really block. 
like Jarek McKinnon is want to stand in there. And Damian Williams was like that when they had him. Like he was never going to be the most prolific guy in the world. Although, my God, when they got in the playoffs, Damian Williams turned into Walter Payton. But I mean, <laughs> but Damian Williams was always great at picking up a block. Always. I'll tell you one of the most underrated guys ever picking up a block was Jamal Charles. Jamal Charles was a phenomenal – you want to know why he was on the field all the time on third down? By the way, Cousins almost just threw another pick. Um, I mean, just just like literally the two Packers were fighting over trying to get there first. You could just see it, man. It's just a Chernobyl-level game for the Vikings. Like you can just almost see in them, it's like, yeah, we're going to blow this one. Like, and, <laughs> like you just know, like I, I would pay – I don't think it will happen because the way the seeds would shake – Oh, God, I'd pay such good money for the Packers to play the Vikings in the first round of the playoffs. There's not a soul in the world in Minnesota who would pick the Vikings to win that game. But, all right, let's get some parting uh, parting thoughts here. So, oh, oh, Cousins, oh, dear God, throw it. Oh, he's going to run for it. Oh, my God, If you guys aren't watching this Packers-Vikings game, you got to turn it on. This game has an all-time comedy level to it. Cousins stood in the pocket for like eight seconds and was staring down a free rusher. And then the guy just stopped and like they did like an eye dance. And then Cousins ran for like 20 yards. Um, this game's got all time potential. Anyway, parting thoughts as we get out of here, man. Chiefs 27, Broncos 24. They did the job. We hope Tooney's ankle's okay. Otherwise, you seem like they got out of it. All right. Where, where are you with a week to go here in the regular season? Keep winning, baby. Keep winning. Let's root for the – I don't know if I can say it. Oh, you have to. You're going to. Who day? Yeah. Oh! I mean, I some bleach. Mouthwash. Also, shout out to Casey Bierko. I got it. My dad bought me a nice Casey Bierko sign behind me. Awesome. Uh, again, Casey Bierko, the best beer in Kansas City. If you're in the Kansas or Missouri area, make sure you go get some and dare to beer different. But I like the progression – from the Chiefs' defensive front. I like the progression from the Chiefs' offensive line. What's been interesting to me is, at times, the Chiefs' secondary looks like it's showing some more cohesion. They've not played a great team in recent weeks, so it's tough to get a real great feel for it. The linebacker play has me a little bit worried, although Lear Chanel has definitely grown. you got to take it week by week. Hopefully they, they, they win and the Bengals win and the Chiefs can get the one seed and Andy Reid off a bye. Well, nearly unstoppable. I think right now, look, if you're the Chiefs, that's, I mean, that one seed, I'm not sitting here saying they couldn't go to the Super Bowl if they don't get They absolutely could. I mean, they could be a two seed and, and go in their games. But, yeah, I mean, that one seed's enormous. That number one seed is an absolute you know, game changer because if you're the two seed, let's let's just say you were to advance to the second game, you're probably going to have to play the Bengals and the Bills for the Chiefs. If you're the one seed, like there's a real there's a real chance you like you get a buy and then you get like Jacksonville, you know, I mean, or Baltimore. So like, yeah, now you could get the Chargers. You could. Um, personally, I'd rather see the Chargers than the Bills and the Bengals. I, yeah. I, I get the char- I, I get it. I get the fear of them. You know what though? Like, I, I'd rather see them personally. But those are your top three by far, right? It's, yeah, it's, it's Bills, Bengals, and Chargers. Those three teams, and after that, there's a massive drop yeah. off. Yes, okay. there's no doubt. Good third and six for the Vikings. And you've got a guy jumps about eight feet on a false start. That's good. Um, <laughs> okay, before we get out of here, by the way, Travis Kelsey trying to hurdle was hilarious. You might have been able to stack like three pieces of paper under his feet. That was incredible. 
I've never seen a guy who's that athletic have less vertical than him. Yeah, no, absolutely. I It was pretty funny. Um, also, as we sign off, if you need any more convincing for this Vikings-Packers game, Carl Cheffers is the official. So just look out. I, just, <laughs> I, this game is guaranteed to be pure madness for the next 37-24. Oh, my God. They just called the false start, and then they stopped, and they're like, no, it's a delay of game. So, like – I mean, either way, whatever. It's five yards, but it's just this is this is an all-time comedy meter game built in. Come on, cousins, throw it. Third and eleven, he checks it down for two. We're off and running. All right, listen. For the Arrowhead Ag Podcast, I'm Matt Verderam. He is Sterling Holmes. Thank you so much for joining us. Of course, we'll be back all this week with content. I will be here doing my AMA tomorrow. I'll answer any and all questions, uh, and then of course Tuesday we got Sterling. And we've got Matt Connor. We got Adam Best on Wednesday. You got myself and Heisler on Thursday morning. Myself and Patrick Allen on Thursday afternoon. And by the way, not to spoil it, I think the old man might make an appearance because he will be at my house all next week. He's getting here tomorrow afternoon. So he and I are going to be watching Bill's Bangles. And uh, there's going to be a lot of screaming and foul language. So I, I you know, look out. Look at live stream, oh, baby. I hooked it to the right. <laughs> It's just one of these games, man. Like every, like they just showed O'Connell and he's just looking to the heavens at like a 90 degree angle. You're like, yeah, that pretty much is it, man. That kick looked good for like 95% of its flight. And it's just, so, uh, all right. In any event, we're getting out of here. Thank you so much. Just yeah, stack in the box on Tuesday as well. It's throwing myself. Guys, if you don't subscribe to the hour, uh, excuse me, to the stack in the box YouTube channel, I would really, really appreciate it. If you go over there, Sterling and I, Every Tuesday. And if you're on there, we'll answer questions. Uh, It's noon Eastern, 11 Central, every single week. We will be there. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe on the YouTube channel. There's a bunch of other videos as well. Uh, Go there and check it out. All right. Thank you so much for being here. Really appreciate it. She's 27. Broncos 24, 13 and 3. And now we watch the Bills and the Bengals on Monday night. Have a great one. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.